Hi, everyone. I'm Elizabeth Stein, founder and CEO of Purely Elizabeth. And this is Live Purely with Elizabeth, featuring candid conversations about how to thrive on your wellness journey. This week's guest is Alex Redman, fitness influencer and CEO of BizFit, an online fitness coaching company that helps career-driven women and moms to step into their brilliant self by mastering nutrition, fitness, mindset, and empowering women to increase productivity and master their confidence. In this episode, Alex shares all about how fitness improves all areas of our life. We talk about her strength training philosophy, how quick results are often too good to be true. It's all about progress and being 1% better each day. Alex shares some fitness misconceptions, why you might not be seeing results in the gym, how to have a balanced eating approach and stick to a healthy eating plan. There are so many great tips in this episode. Keep listening to learn more. Alex, welcome to the podcast. I'm so excited to have you on. I found you through Instagram and you're actually the first fitness person that we've had on the podcast. So excited to dive into everything with you. Oh, amazing. Thank you so much, Elizabeth. It's awesome being here and so glad that we finally got connected. Absolutely. So let's start with your journey. Have you always been into fitness and nutrition or is that something that's happened later in your life? Yeah. So I have always been to some extent into fitness and nutrition. I was an athlete growing up. I went on to dance in college, but to be honest, it didn't really take off until after I stopped playing sports. I think like a lot of people, once you stop, it's like, okay, what do I do now? Yeah. And I, I was pretty lost in what to do to stay active and to stay healthy and fit. And that's when I really got into health and nutrition, you know, hiring my own coaches, doing a lot of education for myself and learning a lot. So it wasn't really until I stopped playing sports that I found that passion. And then what were the steps to making fitness and nutrition your career? Was that from the start or I'm sure it wasn't a straight line? Definitely not a straight line. I actually, my background is in business. So I went to school, I went on to get my master's in business and I, you know, just like a lot of people was in the corporate world and sales and, but I just felt like something was missing from my career and fitness was always that thing that kept coming back up for me. And so one day I was like, you know what, what's the harm in getting my personal training certification and just seeing what happens and doing this as a hobby. And and how long ago was that to today? Um, yeah. That was what, 2000, probably 2018 or 19. And yeah, and then it just really went from there. I found, you know, that really was something that I was passionate about. And I started taking clients on, on the side, helping friends and family, really fell in love with it. And like a lot of people when COVID happened, I was let go from my job And it was really at that point when I was like, okay, I have two choices in front of me. I can go find another sales job. No brainer. Like that's pretty easy. I know I can do that. Or I can pursue this path that I've really always had an interest in. And I I just knew I had to go and discover that and see what happened. And it's been my career ever since then. So I'm really thankful for COVID in that way. It 
it worked out well for me in that sense. Definitely a turning point in my life. I love hearing stories of people who really truly had that silver lining of COVID and you had this pivot that you could have gone on one direction, but really sounds like listen to your gut and your what was fulfilling you and your purpose and going the direction of the fitness and nutrition world. So I assume when you made that decision, had you been using Instagram as a platform or did that come after? I had, that was something that I also had an interest in with social media. And so even before I was certified, I was posting a lot on Instagram, just sharing my fitness journey and tips as just an outlet for me to be able to share some of that part of my life. And so I already had a, a very small platform, but something like that what I was, was the size of your following then? Oh, just, you know, like just a couple a, thousand people, couple thousand. Yeah, definitely. Very, very small. And then I just continued that and built, you know, this community now, which is amazing. That's amazing. You have such a large community today. What do you think really resonated with your community that it grew so big or what, what worked? Because certainly in this day and age, it is hard to build such a big online community on Instagram. It's, you know, many years ago, it was much easier to do, but in this short amount of time, you really amassed such a large following. Yeah, I think people really resonate with my honesty and just real content. You know, I'm not here to show off my body or how fit I am. I really just want to genuinely educate and help make fitness feel a lot more approachable for women. And I think it's refreshing to see that in the fitness space and the people kind of latch onto that. You know, there's no BS on my page. I just want to share what, you know, my knowledge and how I got there and how I've helped a lot of women. And, um, I think that really resonates with a lot of people. And of course with social media and growing and following definitely consistency showing up and being consistent is important as well. But I think also that authenticity really goes a long way. Yeah, I think so. And I think your tips on like, this is not how you do this exercise. I always really enjoy those because I think a lot of us are probably doing the things wrong. And then you see, you're like, oh, okay, this is what I need to be doing. So they're super helpful and tangible. Can you talk a little bit about what your kind of overall strength training philosophy is for someone who doesn't know your exercise routine or things like that? What is that philosophy? Yeah. So like you said, strength training is really the base of what I do and what we do with our clients. Um, We focus on what's called progressive overload. So basically just getting stronger over time, doing more in the gym or at home with weights um, or reps or sets. There's a lot of different ways you can do it, but we focus on strength and building that muscle and just becoming stronger, more mobile. Um, And of course that looks different for everybody and their schedule and how many times they go. But that's the focus of what we do is really getting stronger in the gym and feeling better overall. So obviously everyone is unique and has a different plan, but in an ideal world, what would a week look like to you? And I'm super curious asking for myself too, what your philosophy is on doing single day body parts, full body, kind of what's the best breakdown in a week? Oh yeah. Great question. It really depends on how many days you're going. So for me, if, if, if you could do as many as like, if you're like, I love working out like I do, 
And so in theory, I'm like, I want to work out every day. I know that's not good for me. So what is the best case scenario? Yeah, I think a lot of people thrive with four days of workouts. That's what we found where most people can have more consistency. Um, So I personally train three to four days and I like, now everyone can be different, but I like to split up. If you're doing more like four to five days of training, I like to split up by body part and you can get a little bit more creative with going more days. So ideally, if you, let's just say we're training five days a week. I would probably do something like two lower body days, one focused on glutes um, and hamstrings, and then one focused on maybe quads and calves. So breaking those up that way, and you can always switch it up, of course. And then the other days you can play around with, but could be something like chest and triceps, back and biceps, and then just a straight like arm day um, or shoulders. So I personally like more of Um, I guess you can say more of a bodybuilding style split where you're focusing on those body parts, but that's just what we found a lot of success in. Now, of course you can do more of full body days, but I would recommend saving that if you're doing three days and under. Okay. Now what about, this is getting into some very specific questions, but when you're lifting and there's the idea that you can, or you should rest in between your strength training moves and that you really don't want it to be so cardio. Is that true? Yeah, it depends on your goals. So if you're wanting to build muscle, if that's the main focus, building strength and muscle, then yeah, absolutely. You want to rest in between your sets and that can break down very differently as far as how long, but at least 30 seconds, um, for sure. Now, if your goal is more muscle endurance, then the rest periods can be shorter. And that's where you're, you'll feel more of a cardio strength training type workout. Um, but yeah, if the goal is muscle building. Absolutely. You want to rest between your sets. So one of the things as we talk about your community just makes me think of in our world today, there's so much more conversation about women in the gym and you know, even a year ago, I feel like the conversation wasn't there. I know, again, for me personally, I wasn't doing strength training and now I'm addicted to that. And I think so many other women are are waking up to realize how important strength training is, not just for them physically, mentally, for longevity. There's so many benefits. What do you see as far as the women that are coming to work with you? What are those commonalities and goals? And have you seen a shift from maybe when you started in COVID to now of a greater desire to to be building strength? Absolutely. Well, I think COVID was a turning point for a lot of people where they started to put their health into perspective of what they really wanted and, um, you know, like taking their health more seriously. So I think there was a big shift in just the amount of people investing in a coach or investing in their health, which is obviously amazing. What we really focus on where our kind of typical client are more of the beginners as far as wanting to get in, wanting to get into strength training, but not really sure what to do in the gym, wanting to have more balance in their nutrition, but not really sure what to do. Um, So we work with more of the, I would say, beginner stages of people who are wanting to get into strength training and definitely seen again, since COVID a lot more interest in strength training and in nutrition in general, which has been amazing. It's really great to see. That's so great. One of the things I think that especially 
for beginners or someone new in the journey on strength training and fitness is that it doesn't happen overnight. It is not a quick fix, right? You're not going to like go to the gym and all of a sudden have muscles or be lean or whatever your goals are. Can you share some advice around progress? Oh, absolutely. I could talk about this all day. And I want to start by saying that it's really tough. You know, we live in a day and age where instant gratification is, is very common and just social media can make it really hard seeing people's progress and perfect photos and the angles and everything. And so it can be really hard not to want that instant progress. But what I'll say is that that's not realistic. And if you are trying to build muscle, it takes years. Um, if your goal is more fat loss, it takes time. And to be honest, if you're wanting the quick result, maybe you can get some of that, but the route that you go to achieve that is not going to be very sustainable. So I always just warn people, if something seems too good to be true, if it's promising quick results, it probably is too good to be true. And you'll likely end up back at square one because you can't maintain that sort of intensity or lifestyle or restriction that it takes to get there. So we we really are big on focusing on the small wins and the non-scale victories every single day, just showing up and being 1% better. Because if you continue to do that, you will see incredible progress along your journey. But fitness isn't a three-month thing. It's not a six-month thing. It's not a couple of weeks. It's truly for life. Because once you get that result, the next step is maintaining it. And so it never stops. And I think going in with the mindset of, okay, I'm dropping this timeline and I'm just going to enjoy the process and know that it's going to be forever, your mindset is going to be so much better and it's going to be so much more enjoyable because you're not putting that pressure on yourself to get to a certain spot in a certain amount of time. So yeah, drop the timeline and just enjoy it because it it doesn't stop. You're going to just keep going. I love that advice. I was actually working out this morning. I, I work out with a trainer once or so a week here in Boulder, and we were talking about shoulders. And I was saying, I feel like I'm I'm still using 10 pounds to do a shoulder raise. And like, it's I haven't moved from that. And he was like, it took me 10 years to get to like the shoulders that I have now. And he is a bodybuilding, like he's in contests. And that was his response, which I thought, was so important. And so I'm, I love hearing what you're saying, because I think people could get so easily discouraged and really knowing that just to be 1% better on that journey is so key. So do yeah. you have any other tips around whether it's the scale or looking at yourself in the mirror, like beyond that, what are those things to feel like you're progressing and and maybe giving somebody that confidence that they need to keep going forward. Oh yeah. I, there's so many things to focus on besides the scale. So I'll just kind of rattle them off, but is your energy improving? Are you getting stronger in the gym? Do your clothes fit better? Can you do more daily tasks easier? Like lift up your kids or just walking up the stairs. Does that feel easier for you? Um, are you finding more balance in your nutrition? Are you sleeping better? Is your stress better? Are you drinking more water? You know, staying more hydrated. How's your mindset? Has that improved around your health and your fitness journey? 
Or is your consistency improving around workouts and nutrition? Are you able to make better choices when you go out to eat? These are all things that might sound really small to you, but in reality, they're huge. Those are really big steps and really big forms of progress that shouldn't be ignored and should absolutely be celebrated. Yeah, those are great. So as you think about people coming to you or what you hear on the streets or from your community, what are some of the things that are some of the, maybe the biggest misconceptions in strength training or people just get wrong? A lot of people think you do have to work out every day to get results. And that's just not true. A lot of times it's actually counterproductive to do that because your strength and muscles are not built during your workouts. It's actually built during rest. So those rest days are really important. And I think for a lot of us, and I used to be the same way. I worked out, I would work out every single day, never took a rest day. And I didn't really see the progress I wanted. There are a lot of factors for that, but that was one of them. I wasn't allowing my body to recover and to build that muscle. So I would say that that's one. And quick interruption here. So for someone like me who just said, I like to work out a lot of days (laughs) or who know, like, for me, so much of it is mental. So on the days that you're not strength training, what's the rest of your week look like? Yeah, I'm definitely still active. So if I'm not in the gym, it's not like I'm sitting on my couch, totally sedentary. I'm still doing things. So whether that's going on a hike or on my bike or just walking, doing some mobility or yoga, or maybe switching it up with a different lighter intensity type of workout, I'm definitely doing something, but I'm not in the gym pushing really hard seven days a week. And then do you have one total rest day where you're not even hiking or walking very much? Yeah, I do. I try to take one rest day where I still go on walks and try to get my steps at least up, but I'm not worried about trying to hit a certain goal. I'm just listening to my body and kind of relaxing. Yeah, for sure. Okay. So we got one thing we get wrong is working out too much. What else is on your list? (laughs) The other I would say is a lot of, especially women, just in my experience working with hundreds of women is we're not in there pushing hard enough and challenging ourselves enough. We vastly underestimate our strength. And unfortunately, I think some of that comes from the fear of getting bulky from lifting heavier weights, or maybe it's just that you're nervous to pick up heavier weights. Um, but that's one of the things I see a lot of people get wrong is just not challenging yourself enough with the weight you're using or the intensity that you're bringing with your workouts. And that is one reason why people don't see the results that they want, because you're just going through the motions and maybe you've been using the same weights for weeks and weeks at a time. You got to test that strength and it's okay if you're not able to move the weight, but at least try And I think you'll surprise yourself most of the time with how strong you actually are. So you mentioned getting bulky. I feel like that's also a good misconception because I think a lot of people think I'm going to start lifting weights and get bulky. And that's like really hard, right? So hard. I've been trying for over 10 years (laughs) and it hasn't happened yet. I like to use a comparison of if you think that lifting weights is going to make you bulky, it's basically like saying, if you drive fast, you're going to turn into Danica Patrick. (laughs) It's just not going to happen overnight. And women don't have enough testosterone to really even achieve that unless you have some sort of 
enhance, you know, enhancement, or you are training for years and years and years professionally to be a bodybuilder. And I was even a bodybuilder for a couple of years of my life. And I still never achieved that bulky look. Like it's very hard. So no, you will not bulk up. And I think a lot of people, when they say, or they feel like they're getting bulky, that's actually from the body fat side of things, not the muscle. And that's really controlled by nutrition. Okay. So we'll, we'll dive into the nutrition here shortly, but before getting into that, as you think about when you work with clients and they're starting on this journey, as you said, many of them are beginners or just starting out. Obviously it's like super intimidating going into the gym for the first time, knowing what to do. So I'd love to hear a little bit more about how your program works, but also how do you help your clients kind of overcome or stick to a plan and staying on this strength training cycle? Or is it one of those things that you think people start and it just feels like really addictive right away because it's so mentally great as well? Yeah, there's a lot that goes into it. So I'll start by explaining kind of what we do and then and then answer some of those questions as well. I think it will help to understand first like how we do things, but my program is called BizFit, The Brilliant Woman, and we empower brilliant women to master their health, productivity, and confidence, enabling them to really achieve and embody their highest self. You know, we found with working with hundreds of women around the world and busy moms, you know, career-driven women, that getting healthy is much deeper than just the physical aspect. It's much deeper than just losing weight or eating clean, working out. It's it's a combination of that. Yes, for a lot of us, it's, it is about the physical side, but it's also about improving your career, your home life, your finances, your mental health. And ultimately, that's what we help our clients achieve is yes, the physical aspect, but how does that impact these other areas of your life? And so improving all of that and finding that balance is what we really help women to achieve. And um, we have a three-step process that allows them to do that. But to answer your question, what's really important is finding what works for you. And that's going to look different from the next person you know, next to you. Um, everyone has different schedules. Everyone has different demands of the day. And for a lot of us, we can't do six workouts a week. It's just not realistic. And trying to do that can almost be like setting yourself up for failure um, because you want to do that, but then you can't sustain it. And um, so what we really do is help women to find, okay, what does this balance look like for you? What realistically are you able to do on a weekly basis that you can keep up with and that doesn't add stress to your life? So that's a big part of our program is finding that for each individual we work with and helping them to develop the habits and the mindset around these things so that they can actually stick with it long-term. Your question about do people just get really into it at first? I mean, totally. I like to compare it to kind of co like college or high school where you have, you know, you're a freshman and you're so excited about school. You're pumped, you're jazzed, you're ready to go, you're ready to hit the ground running. That's kind of what it feels like your first time starting a fitness journey or working with a coach. You're really amped up. And then you go into your later years of like sophomore and junior year. Maybe it's more like, oh, okay, like this is normal now. It's just part of my life. It's just, I'm going through kind of like going through the motions. It's more mundane. 
And then you get to kind of like the end where maybe you set a new goal, you're graduating and it gets more exciting again. And I think that's kind of like fitness. It just has these ups and downs of excitement levels. And that's just part of it too. So definitely starts off exciting and then can kind of taper off a little bit, but that's totally normal. Yeah, for sure. I love also what you said as far as like how it affects everything else in your life, because I always feel like I like to work out at the beginning of the day and having that as a start, like really gives you confidence that if you can lift that heavy thing, you can do something like way harder in the rest of your day. And so I, it can so easily infiltrate everything else in your life. And that mindset shift, I think that starts by doing something physical. Absolutely. Yeah. Proving to yourself that you can do something that you didn't think you could do. It definitely translates into other areas. So let's get into food and nutrition. And so was that always part of your journey or is that a newer part of your path as well? Did that start at the same time during COVID? So nutrition has been something that I've been teaching clients definitely since my business started. Um, For my own personal journey, it wasn't always how it is now. I definitely struggled with food for the, uh, especially the earlier years, like in my twenties, I struggled a lot. Um, but through again, education and working with my own coaches early on, I learned to find that balance. And that's something that we help our clients with as well. So as far as what that looks like for me, I really try to follow the 80, what we call the 80, 20 approach where, yeah, most of the time I am focusing on whole foods. I'm getting in those nutrient-dense options, those balanced meals, but I'm definitely not turning down pizza or you know ice cream or things like that, more fun foods, if you want to call it that, because that's balanced to me. I want to be able to have both. It's just all about moderation. And so that's what we teach our clients is how to have the happy hours, how to go out to eat with their friends and family, or just have a pizza night and not feel guilty about that and still make the progress that they want to make. It's just all about how to fit these different things into your day. Let's dive into that because I'm sure most people want to hear how can they, and that's my philosophy too, is totally 80-20, but how do you fit in the happy hours? How do you fit in pizza and still have the, the balance and results and all the things that you're looking for in your life? A lot of it does go into planning knowing what you have on your schedule coming up. And I know not always can you plan, oh, there's a random happy hour that's popping up. I know that. But for the most part, if you're able to look at your schedule and say, okay, this weekend I have a couple of events that I want to enjoy. Maybe it's a wedding or you're going out to a movie. You want to have these more fun foods. Just take that into account and kind of backtrack from there. So it's like, okay, I have these events. How can I maybe make these meals a little bit healthier leading up to that so that I've had more of that 80-20 type of approach? Now, we personally, with a lot of our clients, not all of them, do use macros so that we're able to teach our clients how that fits into their diet, where you can make the space. So if you get to the end of the day and you want some chocolate, awesome. Like, let's make, let's find a way to make it fit. It's kind of like a puzzle piece. And I, that could go down a whole rabbit hole with macros, but that's a great way to learn how to find that flexibility in your diet is by understanding macros and that flexible dieting approach. But either way, it really does come down to trying to plan a little bit ahead and just say like, what, what are my options here? 
And what am I willing to sacrifice or not sacrifice on these days that I have coming up? So let's go down that macros rabbit hole. Yeah, sure. And I think, you know, one of the things that was very eye-opening for me at the beginning of this fitness journey was around protein, which I never tracked my macros. But when I first started this, thought, you know, I should see how much protein am I eating? Because I really had no idea. And I was eating probably like 40 grams of protein a day, like so little protein. So I would love for you to talk about the importance for protein and strength training and then all about your macros philosophy. Yeah, absolutely. Well, you're definitely not alone where a lot of women before they track any food, they you just have no idea where you're at. And that's something that tracking allows you to do is have the awareness into what your habits look like and how much of different nutrients you're getting in. And protein for a lot of women is one of those macros that is typically pretty low until you start to track and learn about it. But with protein, it is so essential, not just for different bodily functions and and things like that, but also for that muscle building and maintenance piece. So if you're someone who is trying to build lean muscle and get stronger, but your protein is very low, you're going to have a hard time doing that. Uh, It's essential for muscle building and not just muscle building, but maintenance, like I said earlier, especially as we age, it's really important to be able to maintain that. So getting enough protein through your diet is very important. The other two macros being carbs. So when, carbo- oh, but one second. Yeah. So when you say pro- getting enough protein is what's your philosophy as like how much protein you should be intaking? So this will really depend on body fat percentage, but if I'm going to give a general bar- yeah. ballpark, Anywhere from about 0.7 to 1.1 grams of protein per pound of lean body weight. So again, that will vary based on where you are. If you have more body weight um, on your body, then your protein might be a little less. If you're more of a leaner human, it might be a little higher, but that's a ballpark that you could use. Yeah. And to make it even more simple, a lot of us should be getting around 100 grams minimum it's just like a very, again, general statement. Again, it will depend on your body stats, but. Before we get to the other macros. So when you hear that for the first time, you're like, oh my God, hundred grams, that's so much. What are your favorite ways to get protein in your day? I think one of the easiest things to do when talking about increasing your protein is to look at what you're already eating and increase the serving size of the protein you're eating. So for example, if at lunch you're having, let's just say a grilled chicken salad and it's three grams of protein. Okay. Can we bump that up to four? That right there will help you to increase your overall protein in the day without having to think about other sources to add. So that's one of my best tips is just bump up the protein you're already eating. Um, I think that's a great one because I was totally guilty of having like two ounces of salad of chicken on a salad and then realized like that was nothing. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Got to bump it up a little bit. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. I think that's the easiest thing that you can do to increase your overall protein intake is just increase that. Another would be, I think from my experience working with so many women, um, getting enough protein at breakfast can be challenging whether you're just not a breakfast person or you're on the go or whatnot, but smoothies can be such a good option to, have a lot of protein in a meal that also is filled with micronutrients, you know, those minerals and vitamins. So putting in a scoop of protein powder or Greek yogurt um, into a smoothie is 
So easy. And then you can load that up with spinach that you can't even taste in a smoothie. You can load it up with fruits and different veggies. And that right there is such a healthy meal. So I would say like smoothies are another hack to use if you're struggling for sure. What's your favorite protein powder? So I personally use Alani, Alani new. If you've heard of, I'm sure a lot of you have heard of the energy drinks, but they actually have protein powder and different supplements. And they have a lot of really good flavors. Um, I don't know if I can pick one, but if I had to, it'd be Frosted Flurry. It's delicious. Okay, great. So let's circle back then to the other macros. Yeah, so we have carbohydrates and fats. Um, Alcohol is technically the fourth, but that's story for another day. The three main are protein, carbohydrates, and fats, and they're all important. So carbs are our body's preferred preferred source of energy. And I know a lot of times women are a little bit scared to eat more carbs because we've been kind of trained to think that they're bad, but in reality, they're really good for us and they give us energy and they play a very important role in your fitness journey. Same thing with fats, healthy fats, getting in enough healthy fats, especially for hormone purposes, really important. So um, having a balance of these different macros with your meals is a great way to think about how to build a plate. So you want to think like, ideally in a perfect world, you're looking at a plate and you're thinking, okay, where's my protein source coming from? Is it chicken? Is it tofu? Is it fish? Something like that. And then it's a next category of carbs. Where's that coming from? Maybe it's rice or sweet potatoes or some sort of starchy carb. And then you look at the fat category and that could be what you're cooking in. So olive oil or dressings or avocado, things like that, that you want to add. And then I always like to think too, okay, now that I have these, does my plate have enough color? Do I have some sort of greens or something on there to make this colorful? Um, And if not, what can I add as well? For people who are just starting out on the journey, what do you find are some of the best tips to help them stick to a healthy eating plan? Because it's obviously not easy. You know, it's great to have the outline of this is what I should do, but it's so easy to fall into cravings for more of the 20 than the 80. Absolutely. And it is hard. I think the biggest thing to think about And my biggest tip when it comes to nutrition and being consistent is instead of thinking about what do I need to take away from my plate or what do I need to take away from my diet? Think about what can I add to my plate to make it 1% better? So if you do want that ice cream, maybe you can pair it with something else as well, like a protein shake. This is not the greatest. (laughs) Maybe not the best pairing, but. (laughs) Yeah, maybe not the best pairing. But um, yeah, like I was talking about earlier, if you're, um, if I'm looking at my plate and I'm like, okay, there's no color here. What can I add to make it a little bit more colorful? Or if you're having a snack, like what can I, what can I add to make this have a little bit more protein? Um, so we always like to use the mindset of what can we add instead of what can we take away? Because if you're always thinking about what you need to take away, it just goes into that restrictive mindset. And that's when you start to crave so many things because you're thinking I can't have this. And then you end up binging on it or wanting more of it. So instead of that mindset, it's like, no, like what can we add to make this a little bit better? I think that's probably the best advice I could give to make things a lot more simple. 
I love that. It's all about filling it with the good things. And then it naturally kind of crowds out the bad. Absolutely. So what does a typical day look like for you? In And again, everyone is unique. So what you're eating isn't necessarily what someone else is, but curious to hear what a typical day of eating is for you. Yeah. So I'm, I'm not going to lie. I'm pretty boring when it comes to my <laughs> meals. I like to keep things pretty consistent, at least during the week, because that's when I have the most control over what I'm eating. Um, I'm also a big, big breakfast girl. So I like to have a bigger breakfast, which typically looks like probably two eggs, a couple of things of turkey sausage links, and then a bagel, Dave's killer bread, because it has extra, extra protein, or I'll swap it out and I'll do eggs and yogurt. And with my yogurt, I'll add almond butter. And of course your granola on top. Thank you. (laughs) And some fruit. So I I usually have about like two or three meals that I rotate through for for different meals. And that way it keeps it interesting, but I'm staying consistent and I enjoy it. So there's really no reason for me to keep switching it up. It's Um, one less thing to think about in a work week too. Exactly. It just makes it so simple. And I know what ingredients to get at the grocery store. It just makes everything a lot more streamlined. And then dinner is usually more flexible. That's why I like to keep breakfast and lunch more consistent because I don't know what we're going to end up doing for dinner. Maybe we'll end up going out or Zach, my husband, wants something from coming home from work. So I like to leave that a little bit more flexible. And like last night, we had spaghetti with asparagus. As you can see, carbs are something I absolutely love. So yeah, dinner's dinner's usually up in the air a little bit, but some sort of protein and carb source for sure. As you think about what you're eating and some of your other favorites, would love for you to touch on maybe favorite supplements that you take and any other like power food musts that you have in your diet, if there are any. Yeah. As far as supplements, I always like to preface when I talk about supplements that until you have consistency with your training and your nutrition habits, there's really no point of adding supplements. However, personally, I'm a huge fan of creatine. It's my favorite supplement. It's one of the most researched and safe supplements and more affordable. And the reason I like it is it helps you to build muscle and strength and endurance. Uh, But also there's a lot of studies, hundreds of studies that prove that it has cognitive and brain health benefits as well, like improving memory. So creatine is something that I personally take on a daily basis. So would you say that someone should take creatine to your earlier point, like even if they're not consistently working out, even for the mental benefits of it? You certainly can. Yes. If you're looking for the mental aspects, uh, the mental health, the brain health. Yeah, absolutely. The cognitive piece of it. Uh, I just say, don't expect it. To you're not going to grow muscle if you're not <laughs> yeah. in the gym. <laughs> yeah. If you're not working out, it's going to be a little hard. It's not a magical supplement. So you definitely have to put in the work as well, but totally. And then any other favorite power foods? Power foods. I don't know what you, you kind of consider power foods, but I just try to load up my day with a lot of fruits and veggies. I don't have any secret. I will use a uh, greens powder, not every single day, but that's also for Milani. But besides that, I really don't have a lot of power foods besides, you know, like chia seeds, I guess I would consider maybe yeah. a that's a great way to sneak in some protein and healthy fats and like a smoothie or something. But other than that, I just focus on lots of produce. Love it. 
So being healthy is certainly more than just what we eat and how we exercise. What are some of the other things that you do in your life to feel your best? I am a pretty big fan of routines. It helps me to feel my best having a nighttime routine and a morning routine. And I know, again, not everyone's schedule is the same. And some of, you know, I know a lot of women we work with are like, I just have to get up and get out the door and take my kids. Like, I don't have time for a full-blown morning routine. And I get it. And that's totally fine. You don't have to. But I think if you can at least do one thing at night and one thing in the morning to set yourself up for success, it can make a huge difference. So for me, a nighttime routine that I personally love is getting out my planner and for the next day, writing down, I call it my power list. I write down the top things that I need to get done that next day because it helps me to sleep better. I'm not up thinking about all the things I need to do. It's already out of my head and on paper. And that way I'm more productive in the morning because I already have my list and I know what I need to tackle that day. Same thing for the morning. I personally feel a lot better if I get outside in the sunshine or at least in fresh air before I start my morning. So I go on a walk every morning and before I even open up my laptop or check emails or check my phone, I have a pretty hard boundary where I don't check social media or my phone until I've done something for myself. And that makes me feel so much better heading into the day. So I would say those routines are pretty crucial for me. Do you have any tips on being able to do that? Did that take you a while or was that sort of instant? I think I could use some help around that. (laughs) It definitely took a while and it took a lot of just seeing what works and what doesn't work, playing around with different things and seeing what makes you feel good and what actually is realistic for you. So again, doing a, a one hour morning routine for a lot of us women is not possible. So just start small. As with anything, start small. Maybe it's reading five pages of a book instead of Netflix right before bed. Or maybe it's getting up and just doing a list of gratitude on a piece of paper before you start your day. So again, it doesn't have to take a long time. It can be five minutes or less, but just start with something that maybe interests you and see how you feel. And then you can always build on it or change it. It doesn't have to be one way or no way. It can definitely flex. Great tips. All right. We're going to move into some rapid fire Q&A. Awesome. If you could train anyone dead or alive, who would it be? My husband. <laughs> he won't let I, me that's unexpected. <laughs> he will not let me work out with him all the time. <laughs> Is, does he do strength training? He does. He just won't let you teach him. He's a little frustrated if I'm helping him with form or, (laughs) you know, he likes to be on his own schedule. So (laughs) three things that you're currently loving. Yeah. Great question. I'm currently really deep into the book series, A Court of Thrones and Thorns and Roses. I love it. I'm on book two. I know I'm behind the times. A lot of people have already read it, but I'm loving that. Uh, I also love my aura ring, which I wear every day. It's amazing. Is there anything like super surprising that you've learned from your aura ring? Oh yeah. Actually one thing would be, and I've really cut back on alcohol lately. I think partially because of what the aura ring shows, the negative impact alcohol really has on my sleep and my recovery, even if it's just a little bit. 
it's wild to see. It really is. Yeah. So that was pretty eye-opening. And your third thing that you're loving? Third thing, I feel like I have to make up for question number one, my husband. (laughs) (laughs) He's amazing. (laughs) What do you want more of in your life? I think being more present is something that I've been working on and would love more of. And especially with my career being largely on social media can be tough to know that boundary of, Hey, like here's my life on social media, but like, remember to be present when you're not on it, that can be a hard boundary. So just working on finding that balance of yes, being present on social media, but also being very present in real life. Cause that's most important. Are there any tips that you're learning so far along the way on how to do that? Well, I think, like I mentioned earlier with my morning, just not yeah, getting- that's huge. Working. Yeah, immediately getting on social media for my mental health has been huge. But also just as simple as if I'm going out to dinner with Zach, I don't always need to post a picture of what I'm eating and talk about it. I can just have a dinner and be there. And I'm working on it. Like I said, I don't have all the tips because it's something I'm I'm focusing on, but- I think my boundaries around the morning and night with social media have been really big for me. There's a cutoff where I'm just not on anymore. That's great. Favorite words to live by? You've probably heard me say it a couple of times on here, but 1% better every day. It's really helped me and a lot of our clients to continue to make progress in different areas of life and not feel like you have to do it all at once. Because truly, if you're just aiming to be 1% better with whatever meal or movement or how you're speaking to yourself or whatever it is by this time next year, that's 365% better. And that's incredible. That is a lot better. I love that. A favorite book or podcast for growth. My favorite book about growth and just creativity and um, living life beyond fear is called Big Magic. Ooh. And it is awesome. It's by Elizabeth Gilbert. Oh, check that out. That's great. I've read it a couple of times. And lastly, what is your number one non-negotiable to thrive on your wellness journey? This is going to sound really simple, but daily walks. No matter what, I'm getting outside. I'm going on a walk for not just my physical health, but my mental health. It's something that is non-negotiable for me. You try to do a certain amount of steps a day or what's your, doesn't matter. I do. My personal step goal is about eight to 10,000 steps. And I hit that definitely on a weekly average. I'm hitting that. Now, like we talked about earlier, I'll have one day where maybe my steps aren't that high. Maybe it's more like 5,000, but yeah, I try to aim for a minimum of 8,000 every day, which is pretty easy if you set out, set aside time to go on a walk like early in the morning before you start your day or like after dinner, things like that. It can make it a lot easier if you plan those out. Totally. You know, it's funny. I was thinking yesterday, I, yesterday was Sunday and I did all these walks and I was like, it's so easy when the weather is warm, but what do you do in the winter time? Do you have any, <laughs> do you just bundle up and go outside? I just bundle up. Or are you going I, to a treadmill? I, I don't personally like walking on a treadmill much. I will if I really need to. And I'm actually going to get one of those under the desk yeah. pads. I just haven't done that yet, but I definitely will do that. But yeah, I just bundle up. I mean, we have a dog, so it makes it a lot easier. He doesn't mind the cold or the rain. He's still got to walk. So <laughs> yeah, if anything else, I do it for him. And 
yeah, just put on a raincoat or whatever I need to and make it happen. Love it. Alex, in closing, what's next for you? So I have something pretty exciting that's just been released, which is our workout app for anybody, but specifically for busy women who don't have a lot of time to spend in the gym. We launched our app. It's called BizFit by Alex, and you can actually try it out for free if you'd like to, but it's, um, it's really nice because I know a lot of women struggle in the gym or just knowing what to do or how to do it. And this is a great start if you are needing a little bit more assistance. That's so exciting. Congratulations. So how does the app work? What is the programming? Yeah. So programming is strength training. You'll have the option of five days of workouts, but you can choose which ones you do. So if you want to do three days or four days, you can just pick and choose the workouts to do. And it focuses again on progressive overload. So getting stronger over time. It is right now just for gym workouts. Now, if you have some home equipment, enough home equipment, you can probably get away with using it and using some of the substitutes, but it'll be mostly catered for a typical commercial gym. And yeah, I'll guide you with every workout and how to do it along the way. And includes the warmups and cool downs, everything you need for an efficient workout. So exciting. Congratulations. Well, in closing, Alex, where can everybody find you and the app? Yeah. So on Instagram, it's just my name. It's Alexandra underscore Redmond. And on the app, again, if you want to check out that app, it's BizFit by Alex in the app store. Awesome. Congratulations. So nice to meet you. So good to meet you. Thank you so much for having me. Bye. Thanks so much for joining me on Live Purely with Elizabeth. I hope you feel inspired to thrive on your wellness journey. If you enjoyed today's episode, don't forget to rate, subscribe, and review. You can follow us on Instagram at purely underscore Elizabeth to catch up on all the latest. See you next Wednesday on the podcast.